to a book this weekend. We have got a wonderful book for you. Tom Barbash is joining us for his newest novel, The Dakota Winters, which we just loved, 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 Tom. Thank you so much. What a wonderful, wonderful... I was so sad when it was over. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell, give people the setup of The Dakota Winters. Well, it's about a fictional family who live in the building, the Dakota, in the year that John Lennon is assassinated. And I grew up five blocks away on West 77th Street in the Upper West Side and Mm -hmm. and grew up in the 70s and 80s, so I know the terrain. But the fictional family, the patriarch, is a talk show host who's a, a little bit of Dick Cavett, a little bit of Johnny Carson, and had a very popular talk show that ran for 10 years. And two years before the start of the novel, he had a nervous breakdown essentially on air and walked off his own show. And his son, uh, who worked on the show, on his father's show while he was growing up, sort of escaped that to go to the Peace Corps, but is back recovering from a case of malaria, and the father asks him if he can help him get a new show. And so that's the setup. But they're friends with, with, uh, with John and Yoko, and all sorts of interesting adventures happen along the way. Yeah, now, wh- why the Dakota? I'm really curious about that. Having just watched Rosemary's Baby this week. Oh well, it, it you know it's just got this incredible it history. It was, you know, and originally supposedly they said that they named it the Dakotas because that part of the Upper West Side of Manhattan, believe it or not, looked like the Great Plains. There was just nothing there when they built it, oh. and it was made so that people could feel as though they lived at a great luxury hotel, the kind of place Marlena Dietrich would have wanted to stay. Okay. And they had all these great people that stayed there over, lived there over the year: Boris Karloff and Judy Garland, and then in later years John and Yoko and Paul Simon. The, the list goes. On and on and on, and, and Nuriev lived there, and um, so and for me it was five blocks away, and it was one of these great castles you'd see from Central Park. You'd mm-hmm. see the San Remo or the El Dorado, and all those movie landscapes. But this one looked, as you know, by seeing Rosemary's Baby, yeah. it looked like a big haunted house to us when we were kids. Yeah, well, I remember when I used to travel in the late '80s to New York, and we stayed at our hotel that we stayed at was the Empire. Right, right, you know, kind of right over. And I always loved walking by the Dakota because it's like such a wild building. But your character, Anton Winters, who narrates the story, his voice, and I don't know, I hope you don't, I hope you take this as a compliment because that's how I mean it. But it reminded me of something like if Holden Caulfield were older and in his 20s and still lived in New York at that time, like that voice, because he's, He's such a great observer of everything and including thoughts about himself and other people. It just reminded me of that catcher in the rye type of thing. Yeah, well, people have said that, and I take it as an enormous compliment. I mean, I, I, I love Salinger growing up, and, um, and I sort of feel like I shared something with that character. Um, uh, when you read Catcher in the Rye, all the different places he goes mm-hmm. with, with, with various people. I know, I know all of that. In fact, I was asked to name sort of my great five New York novels, and, and Catcher in the Rye was right there. I sort of surprised people because the other, another one that I chose was Stuart Little because it was sort oh. of the first great Manhattan novel I remember reading. Yeah, oh, that's that, so that is such a great book. This is Julia. I'm just having a heartburn Hi, attack. Yeah, so yeah Julia's had heartburn, so she hasn't been talking. I've been talk. doing all the talking. I'm, I'm taking Alka-Seltzer right now. Um, this book was so fun, and for our listeners, I read the whole thing, you guys. Yeah. I made it through. 
It's Julia so- kept saying to me, Tom, are you sure this isn't a, a real <laughs> memoir? Are you sure there that wasn't a person named... Upset. Yeah, and because it, it really feels like you are, you know... Buddy right Winters there. feels very real, and I guess with the addition of John Lennon... His voice and all the conversations between oh, Anton and John magical. Lennon. And, and how many people did you have to talk to to kind of get the voice of John Lennon? Well, a ton. I, I mean, I, 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 it, well, a few different... I went at it a few different ways. One is there's a lot of John on YouTube, so that you can start to get his cadence. And I try to sort of walk around my house talking in his voice a little bit just to get mm-hmm. the rhythms of his speech. But there's also his collected letters, which there's just, they're, they're wonderful, which include postcards and diary entries. And I've read a lot of that, too. And then, um, and then his own writing and then just watching him in old movies. And one of the things that came through that was important for me to capture is his sense of humor, because he's just this wicked sense of humor always. And that, that was something that was very important to me. Could I capture that? And I yeah. love the fact that, okay, so, you know, Anton's dad is a late-night talk show or talk Buddy show Winters, Buddy yeah. Winters. Um, I loved knowing his character. I liked knowing the prep as talk show host, Lori and I. I loved reading about his favorite guests, about the questioning, about how that would all work out. But I absolutely love the fact that the big win, I don't want to give it away at yeah, the end of the book. Give it away. I can't, give, can't it away. give it away. You can't say I it. I love where you were going. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, 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 with the big thing that yes. they're going to get on his show, right? Yes, right. I absolutely love that. And well, I wasn't that what we all wanted? Back? Yes, yes. yes. I, I mean, I can say that there, there's a Beatles dream, you know, that's buried in it. But part of what the book is exploring, because Teddy Kennedy is, is also there, yep. the, the icons of the 60s, if you think about it, and the dreams that we still held on to was, could we have another Kennedy presidency and could we get the Beatles back together mm-hmm. again? And the Winter family is is connected to both of those quests. Yeah, and I, and that, the, I loved going to the tennis, you know, the tennis matches. Of yeah, the, oh, I, great. I love. I like going New York in the City 80s, too as a character. Late, yeah, I. Well, I was a tennis player as a teenager. Oh, you know, I, and yep. I played college tennis, so I Did know you? that. Cool. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Can I? Because this is Minneapolis, correct? Yeah. So I have to tell you something. You're not going to believe it, but as a New York City Upper West Side kid, I love the Minnesota Vikings of the Fran oh. Tarkinson, oh. Alan Page, Carl Eller. I saw them one. I remember one Thanksgiving, you know, day. I was watching with my dad, and we watched it, and I just fell in love with that team. And it was very odd because you're not, as a New York City kid, you're not supposed to love the Minnesota Vikings, but right. I did. So. You're supposed to love Joe Namath. Yeah, <laughs> correct. Oh, I did as well. Yeah. I did, but I love those those Viking teams. Oh, yeah, they, that is the purple people eaters. Yeah. We yeah, miss exactly. them. We miss them, and we love them too. <laughs> we wish we could win something again, but. We're talking with Tom Barbash. The book is The Dakota Winters. This is, is our first novel that we've read of yours. Uh, it is. I want to go back we and read some, read some of your other books. Is this? Well, we'll send them your way. Please. Is, is, uh, well, how many books have you written? This is my fourth. Your so fourth? I have one other novel, and I have a, a book of short stories, mm-hmm. and then I wrote a book about 9-11 because I, I went to college with the chairman of Cantor Fitzgerald, the firm that lost so many people, I and saw- I wrote a book about the, uh, that firm and what they went through. Oh, I, I want to read that. when and that I, book yeah. came out, and everyone said how good it was. Did it come out the same time that um, Looming Towers did? Yeah, well, it came out right after you know the attacks, within a year okay. of, the, of the attacks. So. Where did you go to college? Haverford College in Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. And what tennis position did you play? Oh, anywhere from two to six. Okay. Yeah, we had fierce rivalries. There was no one who was amazing, but lots of people who were pretty good on the team, which means a lot of competitive. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I, I love tennis. Yeah. I just, and back in the 70s and 80s watching all those, oh, so fun. Um, Tom, how about this? Did the, because you do describe the Dakota in such great, beautiful detail. And after I watched Rosemary's Baby, you know, I Googled it and they said they only use the exterior. Right. No filming Correct. was allowed inside. Did you get to go inside? Because, you know, Anton does move I up did. to the ninth floor. What was that like? Oh, it was wonderful. So, my stepmother had a, a, a family that were friends, and they invited me in. And then a writer friend of mine, a writer named Nina Solomon, invited me in. And I got to see their apartments but, and the elevators. And then I got to walk all around in those. They, you know, one of the things that you reference, the eighth and ninth floors, were kept as maids' quarters and storage rooms. But there's a whole population that ended up living up there, completely different lives from the bottom seven floors that were lives of luxury. And that fascinated me. And it solved the problem I had with the novel is that I wanted Anton to stay in the Dakota, but I couldn't imagine him just staying in his childhood apartment. So he, he had to have some freedom. Right. And that allowed me you know, to, to, to figure out that was, that was clear to me that's where he had to live. I, I just love the, the menus that they used to have back in the day in the grand dining room. And Absolutely, it, I mean, yeah. I just, yeah. This book was so much fun. Is it going to be made into a TV series? Does Ryan Murphy have this book yet? I'd I, like to see him do an eight well, part. Let's, let's start spreading the word. I think there's interest in so and and um, yeah, and a lot of people are weighing in on who they think should play. Buddy, I, I should say while I'm on with you and, and, and for you to listen to, there's a man named uh, a, a guy who does the world's best impressions, and he's he's a great character actor. Jim Meskimen has done the audio, and the audio book is it's one of the best audio books I've ever heard. It just happens to be of mine because he does his Lennon is oh, you're just listening, and it's John Lennon. I listen and then to he it. Does Carson, and he does Ted Kennedy, and. And Larry Holmes, his range is just incredible. And so wow. the book really comes to live on the audiobook. Tom, so. I have dyslexia, and we have a book a week on the air, so <laughs> I get an audio version and a book. I listen oh, to it, and I went on nice walks to it. And you're right. It, the characters, the voices came that came alive, it was it was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, he does such a nice job. I, mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm going to do a reading down in, in Los Angeles, and I hope to look him up. Yeah, well, I, we want you to get an exploding offer from Ryan Murphy <laughs> for a million dollars, and then it can Thank be an you. eight-part series <laughs> on FX or wherever Ryan wants to do it. But I just kept seeing this, like, I want to see it on the screen because it so comes it's to rich. life in in your yep. novel. I just think it would be an unbelievable um, thing to adapt to small or big screen. However, fabulous. Well, I'm 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 right with you on that. Yeah. Do is your is your do you have an agent working on that? I do. Okay, I, good. I have one in, down in Los Angeles, and actually, the first story of my story collection is being made into a film over in England. Um, it's a story set in New York City, but I think they're going to set it in London. And then she, I think she's... she's Working on this know, one? I, I, I think she's fielding something, right? You know, looking at things right now. Right now. So well, we're, we're we're we're, we're we are calling. We're putting money called, together. What's that movie called <laughs> of your short story? I, I, well, it's based on my short story, The Break. I'll send you the collection. came out in 2013. Okay. And it's the first story in a book called Stay Up With Me. Yeah, because, I mean, Tom, remember, some of the greatest movies have come from Stephen King's uh, Stand By Me and Shawshank, two short stories. Mm-hmm. You know, you're exactly right, and there's a ton of other ones. That, yeah. That, um, in the Bedroom, you know, that, that story was made from an Andre Debus short story, so, yeah, there's a ton of great movies come from short stories. In fact, I think you can make the case that 
and you said before with TV, is the novel's better suited for one of these sort of 10-episode yeah. uh, series on Netflix mm-hmm. um, because there's just too much in novel often to put into a two-hour movie. Yeah. Oh, it's just so it's, fun. Yeah, it's, it's so nice to meet you. We have to ask you the question we always ask, Alvaro. Yeah. What's the last great book you read or what's on your book stand? Well, I love a book called The Bone Clocks by David Mitchell. It's just, I mean, it's just wild. It's a wild ride. Um, it's it, it, it's fantastic great imagination very funny and he's just he's just a brilliant brilliant writer so Is it, we're gonna anything. good we're, we're gonna, gonna check it, it out and tom we're gonna check out your other novel and just thank you so much for writing the dakota winters because we just got just pure joy. pure joy out of it. it was so much it was just so charming and wonderful to read well, thank you so much. It was great visiting with you, and, and let's hope for a better year next year with the Vikings. Vikings, yes, oh, absolutely, end of the season. I was still even hoping in that last oh, game. You know, All of us were. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> All right, oh, thank you so nice much, Nice to meet Tom. you. All right, nice meeting you. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, 651-641-1071. We've got a couple copies to give away of uh, the Dakota Winters. We'll be right back.